Hi, I'm Nigel the Shanghai Psychic. I can tune into your loved ones in the spirit world, but I can also tune into you, tell you about your path and the choices that you need to make and need to know. I'm currently giving 30% discount on all Tell Craig Your Story listeners. Just use the code Tell Craig Your Story for 30% off your first psychic reading with me online at Nigel the Shanghai Psychic. Hi, I'm Ivan Matsumoto and you're listening to Tell Craig Your Story podcast. Hi guys, Craig here. Welcome to another edition of the podcast, Tell Craig Your Story. Today we'll be speaking to Ivan Matsumoto. Now, Ivan was born in Japan, but he's been raised in a lot of other countries, including Italy and the Philippines. He is a British writer, composer, and the main producer for Someone, the musical. Now, Ivan studied creative writing and theatre at the University of Bath, and he's won awards at the Bath Fringe Festival uh, for Best Student Screenplay. Now, Ivan has lived in Shanghai since 2016, and he's been involved in writing and theatre communities. Now, someone the musical can be seen here in Shanghai the next couple of months, and the plans for the future are to take it back to England, and then eventually the rest of the world. But before we go, please go to our website. We're at Podbean. Tell Craig Your Story at podbean.com. We have a link tree there which tells you where Tell Craig Your Story podcast is streaming. We are on all the major streaming services, Google Podcast, Apple iTunes, and Spotify, to name a few. We have a YouTube channel there as well. Make sure you're subscribing to get all the latest updates. And we have WeChat for our Chinese listeners and VK for our Russian listeners. At Tell Craig Your Story. All right. Here we go. This is my chat with Ivan Matsumoto on Tell Craig Your Story podcast. Hi Ivan, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you Craig. How are you? I'm doing very well. Very, it's a nice day today in Shanghai. We're in the city. So Ivan, first off, just tell us, do you have anything coming up this weekend? 
Tell, tell us a little bit. Um, well, so I'm Ivan. I do creative projects in Shanghai, mostly to do with musicals. Uh, but I'm also involved in a lot of um, outside projects, collaborating with other groups. Um, but in terms of what's coming up, I do a series of uh, musical shows. And the next chapter is going to be end of September. But we're doing like a fundraising event. Um, uh, it's basically called uh, Drag Brunch or Drag Dinner. And the cast of uh, the musical will create an immersive uh, dinner environment with drag entertainment, lip syncing, dances. And that's happening on August 28th, uh, which from 12.30 to 3 p.m. Uh, Where? It's at Hunt on um, Xingfu Lu in Zhao Tong University area. Right. Okay. So for all the LGBT members, um, they are familiar with Hunt. Um, but we're, we haven't started promoting. We only just um, finalized a date with them. So um, we'll be trying to promote that in an upcoming months. Excellent. All right. So it says here, Japanese-born British writer, composer, and main producer for Someone, the musical. Very talented. We have lots to talk about. But before we get into your career and what you've been doing now in Shanghai, I'm always interested to, to find out, you know, obviously with the pandemic, affected everyone so tell us how did you go through this period is your family staying safe and what did you have to do to change did you have to cancel things mm. like i started um, this musical project uh, before covid um 2019 fall i remember i just uh communicate i texted uh, uh, to the communities uh, asking if they want to be involved in this musical project uh, a couple people showed up and then every week it grew and we decided to do a show January of 2020. And then we had a really great two nights and then COVID happened. So we thought that we were on the roll to uh, create more shows um, for the rest of 2020. Yes. And then with the pandemic, yes, we were um, quarantined up, but come April, it started getting better in Shanghai. And I reached out to the people that were still living in the city. I continued the project with a couple members that were that were still in Shanghai, and we asked around, and we actually doubled in size. Um, we started rehearsing in May, and we decided to do the show in August. So uh, I th I remember during that time, we were so lucky um, that a lot of businesses supported us. Like people uh, donated uh, raffle prizes. One group called Build, uh, thanks to a guy called Chris Callahan, he gave us this entire building. Empty wow. Lot. So we had like three floors of, to, uh, to rehearse in, all for free because we had no money. And because of the first show, we were able to raise funds. And that's our format. We, we do a show, uh, the ticket sales um, go towards future productions. Uh, we try to treat our cast by doing lots of social events. So the community involved uh, benefit because of uh, the interactions with the community, um, a place for them to fulfill some of their creative um, outputs. We've done a show in August of last year. We've done a show in December, Christmas um, showcase. We had our next big production in um, uh, last March. That was like a two, two, three night show event, full, um, max capacity all night. So we were so pleased because it was like a, a two and um, maybe two hours and 10 minutes show. 
Yeah, coming back to our uh, show in 2020 when we did it in August, um, mm. we saw the events of what's going on around the world, and China was fortunate to be one of the few countries that um, still allowed social gatherings. Mm. Um, so we kind of joked that we probably were the only. At least we can claim like the only English-speaking professional show, musical show that, that was happening at that time. Wow, that's amazing. But for you personally, like, and for especially for our international listeners, you were actually here in Shanghai when it actually happened. Yeah, I know. So was I. Tell us what it was like living in Shanghai. It, I mean, that was back in January when it first happened. Yeah, the quarantine. For me, I was. Fortunate because of the job that I had, uh, still continue to pay. Uh, I know that a lot of teachers, especially, had to leave because their their employment had to let mm. them go, or they had to like survive, and it was really tough. Mm. And um, I guess that because I still had this community of people that uh, were part of someone, and I always try to ask them if they if they needed help, mm, financial aid, or just su- some support, because yeah. I know that a lot of people. Suffered because I went. Uh, I went through my own problems before COVID, mm. and I got lucky with my new job. There were, it's a lot. I think for many creatives, it allowed a, a period of time to self-reflect and to focus on mm. things that they never knew that uh, they could achieve. For example, I used that time to write the script to mm-hmm. to make more songs. Yes. Other people had the free time to be involved. And I know that I made people stay in Shanghai because there was something f- uh, for them to stay, uh, and that was the musical. And uh, at least for the community and the people that I w- interacted with, I think people blossomed or flourished because nice. of the, um, uh, which is unfortunate for people um, that are that don't share the same experience. But um, I know if you had the time to yourself, you could come to terms with what you want. Uh, I think that's really the message of uh, the musical is choosing who you want to be. It's yes. it's called someone. So, who do you want to be? Who do you want to be with? Uh, what are your priorities? Yeah. And for us, uh, we wanted to focus on ourselves. Absolutely. And you you said that you were, you're also a teacher. Is yeah. that your full time possession? Yeah, I work at a Korean high school. Um, right. I am not Korean because I, I make a joke that I'm uh, Japanese born, Filipino British living in Shanghai, China, working in a Korean high school. <laughs> and so with them being uh, in lockdown, was it just on- online work for you? Is that, is that how, how you... Yeah, my first time teaching at that school was uh, through Zoom. And right. Honestly, I loved it because uh, we had such a relaxed schedule. We can work from home. I had a new apartment. It was like a one-bedroom apartment. It was, it was just fun. Like, you just go online... And then once you're done, you just do laundry, cook. Yeah. At that time, we could, you know, explore the area. So it was a lot mm. of um, opportunities to... Um, uh, I, especially in that time, I had a lot of free time. So I had a lot of free time with other people in the project to uh, to do stuff. Not just the musical, but just like socialize. Because that's what we were all missing during yes. uh, January, February interaction. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I can just remember... Uh, I was in Shihui in I left in February but the week before I left the word was spreading about it and I'd go outside put my mask on uh, and like it'd be 10 o'clock and normally the the streets would be pumping 
with cars and people out for at restaurants and bars and you know just having a good time empty yeah dead empty saturday night 10 10 o'clock but uh it was just a little surreal yeah yeah a little weird um very interesting for other people to to hear about these stories um because we're so close to wuhan I think that the Chinese, uh, the government and the people did really, really good and really, really quick to sort of fix it up. Okay, here's the problem and get it done. And, you know, how long did you say it took before it started? Uh, maybe two or three months before you started being able um, to go out and sort of interact with other people? And... March, I think. Wow. That's really quick. Yeah. <laughs> when did you come back? Uh, I didn't come back until November. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so you missed uh, the whole summer. Well, Australia was in lockdown as well. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I had to get the PU later to come back. Yeah, that's very, very interesting. So let's go back in uh, your life. We were talking about it before. Uh, you said to me that you were born in Tokyo, Japan. One of my favorite cities. I love Tokyo. I went there a couple of years ago and I love Japan. And I really want to go back. <laughs> they got the Olympics. Yeah, for them, they're next, uh, next week. There's there's no um, international audience. Yeah, that's gonna be that. That's a shame. That's that's a real shame. Yeah, born born in uh, Tokyo, Japan. So, tell us uh, about uh, some memories of you growing up. Well, I was only born there, and my mom immediately took me out of Japan after I was born because uh, I guess. She had different plans uh, with initially with my father, and so uh, I, I haven't actually spent uh, much time there. I've only been there twice. Right. Uh, once in obviously when I was born in Tokyo, but I wouldn't. I don't remember that. Uh, I I went to visit with my mom and my sister for one week in Tokyo, and I went to visit Osaka uh, oh, yeah. to visit a, uh, a close friend of mine. Uh, so I've only been there like twice. Right. Uh, you've probably been more times than me. <laughs> I I loved Osaka. I thought I, I thought Osaka was even better than Tokyo. That's just my opinion. I, I really liked Osaka. So tell us then, uh, where did you go to? I do believe you went to England. Yeah. England after that. So um, I've I've lived quite a lot of places. Mm. Um, especially before I was ten years old, my mom mm. she uh, she had a life that. Uh, she needed to travel to a lot of places, uh, Malaysia, Singapore, Thailand, uh, to name a few of the Southeast Asian countries. Mm. Uh, but I've also lived in America, in LA, mm. and I spent a lot of time in Italy. Right. As an, uh, as an adult, I, I lived in England and in Italy uh, for my first job, and then I moved to China. Right. So uh, tell us about some of the places that you've lived in and what are, what are your memories growing up in these, these countries? I know a lot of expats that I meet in Shanghai, they love to travel mm. and I'm the opposite because I felt like I've traveled enough. Yeah. Must be hard going from different countries and then going to a new school and making yeah. new friends. I think I've been to 15 schools. <laughs> so I've definitely, I am not from, uh, unfamiliar with the, the suitcase living. Right. Yeah. I, I, I worked in a lot of, um, uh, I've lived in a lot of places. Um, my, my favorite as a child probably was. Uh, Kuala Lumpur. Right. Um, why, why is that? Compared to Manila, they're more developed. 
I guess uh, I, I don't know what Kuala Lumpur is like now um, because uh, apparently it's 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 very busy, <laughs> lots of traffic and stuff. But it wasn't like that back then. It was still being developed. But I guess uh, aside from Shanghai, which is obviously my favorite place to live now, I've been to so many cities in Italy. I spent uh. two years there. My job was to um, uh, go to different schools every other week. Right. Uh, and they would send me, so it would be like a lottery. It'd be like, uh, next week you're going to Venice. The week after that you're going to Rome. Wow. Uh, so I, st- and I stayed with families. Um, and that was my kind of my first exposure of, uh, of growing up, uh, becoming an adult, because I, I had to travel to all these places. So I, I had to learn how to be, uh, to understand the language and, and navigate through um, the public transport. Mm. Um, I, I, I've lived with different families, so I, I got to, to meet different people um, and to really understand the difference between the North and South Italians. Right. And how is your Italian now? <laughs> Actually, uh, I always get, um, I always forget the language when someone asks me to speak it, but I can speak it. Right. But um, I guess I understand better. In fact, actually, um, uh, many people don't know this, but I actually had a, an Italian father. Right. So my, my mom married three times. So the Italian father was uh, the second one. Okay. And I, uh, he's also a, a musician. So maybe my interest for music came from that. That's what I, that was my next question. So you're traveling around. So when, yeah, so this was like the first time that you actually sort of started listening to music, started wanting to play music. Yeah, you know the uh, the quarantine experience. I've actually experienced that before. Uh, when I was living in Italy, I, I had a place in the south. It was up in the mountains, and uh, me and this other guy were the only foreigners. So a lot of the times, we we're always in our rooms, in our in our um, uh, the room ab- above the school. It felt like there's nothing else to do. Uh, there was a guitar in the house. Hmm. That's actually how I taught myself how to play the uh, the guitar. Um, and then from then, I actually wrote my first songs. Uh, this was when I was uh, maybe 22, 23. Um, so I wrote my first compositions there. And some of those songs actually became songs that I would use in the stories that I would tell. Right. So I guess I've been composing for about eight years. So self-taught as a guitarist? Yeah. I, I was uh, naturally gifted with music when I was, um, especially with composition, when I was in um, uh, doing my exams because uh, I took music and theatre. Mm. So I, I knew how to compose for an orchestra, but not pop songs. And that's what I do now. I, I make pop songs. Now, you graduated in Bath, I did believe, yeah. Bath University. So uh, tell us about this. It said studied uh, creative writing and theatre at the University of Bath, England. So Yeah, for, I mean... Uh, I should say, for the, if it goes on record, that um, people would assume it's Bath University because it's a very prestigious school. But actually, there's a second university that's less prestigious, but that's concentrated in arts. So this university called Bath Spa University, I think when I researched it, it was one of the best ones for creative writing. Right. And I went there. Um, but it, was just, it wasn't just writing. They taught us um, many different art forms like uh, theater, music, film. And so I had experience in all four. Mm. Um, I remember the, I mean, I, I was good friends with the, um, the creative director there. He gave me a, a part-time job. Um, and one of the part-time job was finding the, the next teacher because I was actually taught by uh, one of the co-writers of The Simpsons. 
Wow. Right? And everyone was so... That's why so many people took that class. Like, they want to be taught by the guy who wrote episodes for The Simpsons and Toy Story 2. Oh, that's so um, cool. But you, you think it's like, you know, the writer, but there's actually like eight people in the group. Right. <laughs> so it's one of them. But he was only there for one year because I guess he wanted to go back to Hollywood. Right. Um, but my job was to find the replacement. And uh, I had to contact all of these uh, writers that they wanted to contact. Uh, obviously not the writer them directly, but to their agent. And on that list, <laughs> I was like, okay, now contact J.K. Rowling. And wow. Like, right? <laughs> So I, I don't know, I found the agent. Uh, my job was to... Um, what was that conversation like? I, I, I didn't obviously talk to J.K. Rowling, but right. I managed to get a contact of an agent to mm. speak to her to, to become... I don't think they chose her in the end. I think right. they, they got some poet. I was actually quite fortunate during my university. I actually had an opportunity to work on a, a Hollywood movie in my third year because I went to visit my family in the Philippines and you know, during Christmas. And I still had... The, the second semester to do yes. and during that time there was the shooting of uh, one of the Bourne movies with Jeremy Renner and Rachel Weisz wow um, and my dad made friends um, with the accountant and he got me a job by saying just give me your CV and apparently he took my CV and put it on the top of the pile <laughs> for the hiring process yeah. Um, and yeah and I had a choice between um, yeah, this this was like a really important part of my life because I, I had to choose between uh, letting go of my university degree or pursuing a job with Hollywood. And I thought I had to make that one or the other choice. Yeah. But when I told my university, um, because it, uh, you know, the job would mean I would stay and miss my um, right. uh, most of my um, time left. And I have been there for three years. So this is my last year. But they were so proud of um, the the opportunity mm. that they actually used that. They invented a new course. So basically the course was do this project and come back and then write about it. Right. Yeah, and then, uh, because of that experience, they wanted me to do lectures. And I'm like, wow, like these people are older than me and <laughs> I'm teaching them. Yeah. But yeah, they, they I guess they, they wanted me to share my experience of... Um, uh, what it's like to work in this kind of industry and I guess that gave me a, an insight into something that you know I, I want to pursue. I don't want to pursue a, a career in, in movies but I definitely yeah. wanted to pursue a career in creating something right. which is um, I think my dream job would be like an executive producer. Mm -hmm. Like um, an example of uh, um, executive producers in Hollywood are Ryan Murphy who's done Glee yes. and uh, Kevin Feige, Marvel. Yeah, right. So... Uh, I guess it's because I'm familiar with so many of the different um, art forms. I'm not a uh, complete specialist in any of them, but uh, I'd be able to delegate what to do. What is it like? You said when, when you come back that they wanted you, want, they wanted you to be like a teacher. And, right. And tell the, so tell us, in a, in a nutshell, what is, what is it like? What I mean, it's experience? obviously not glamorous. Yeah. It's definitely a lot of... Um, but it, it wasn't... Um, it wasn't hard work too much because it was quite relaxed because my job was a production assistant. It was right. basically uh, so the pro uh, production manager doesn't have to leave the office. I would do all of the, the printing or the call sheets and um, go to the actors or to the crew, tell them what time they need to be on set and stuff like that. So, um, And I, I guess I, I was an observer a lot of the time. Right. So. 
So that was it, that was interesting. Yeah, it, 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 I was definitely glad that I don't I didn't pursue a, a career in, as a production assistant because that just means that you are um, a slave, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, an errand boy. Um, yes, I guess you got to start from somewhere, though, right? Yeah, that's not that's not what I like to do. I don't like to uh, to make my way up. I actually just want to find a way. Get to there. Be a <laughs> that's why we become teachers, right? We yeah. don't we don't want to work for the man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why it, it attracted me to teaching because I, I get to impart a lot of um, experience. Having that exp- um, opportunity, lecturing um, in my last years, but I've actually been teaching since I was um, fifteen because I mm. I could speak a bit of French and so I oh, right. I taught people who didn't know how to speak it well. Um, I'm not fluent in French, but at least I know more than them. Um, and to pay for my uh, university, um, I took summer jobs in Italy, so that's why I spent a lot of time there. And then I took a permanent teaching job in Italy. And then I went to China, and I've been here on and off five years. Let's talk about more about this later. But let's talk about this. Uh, so it says here that you you won a couple of awards during your time here. Uh, it says here uh, writing, uh, uh, including performance, spoken word, poetry, Bath Rouge Fred Festival, mm-hmm. winning an award for best student screenplay. Mm-hmm and being awarded runner-up for a stage play street voice uk 2014. okay wow that's such a long time ago Mm. those things um the university is great because they provided me a lot of um, competitions to enter i took film class and i worked with the best people that i could yeah Uh, i guess they wanted to also work with me yeah Uh, uh, because i'm good at editing and the guy i worked with was also good at um, camera uh, the camera um, and together we created this um, short film about um, what it's like for a deaf girl to fall in love right and I worked with a friend on the music and I think because it was all told through music and um, there was no dialogue because uh, we I didn't want the headache of uh, working out sound right <laughs> you must understand <laughs> yeah so we we told the th- story through music um, and I guess it won because uh, it was the only one that really captured a lot of um, um, people's um, emotions. And we won from the prize for uh, two, two awards, um, the, the vote, the, unanim- um, the majority vote of the audience, mm-hmm. and as well as um, the, the judges. Uh, there were only three awards that night, so we got two, two out of three of them. Wow. That's an amazing achievement. For the Street Voices one, there was a uh, BBC competition. That's when I entered to um, submit a script. Um, what I submitted was like um, a Sherlock Holmes uh, radio series uh, episode. And the guy who was one of the judges actually was writing a, 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 his own version of Sherlock Holmes. So it was like, oh, this is really good. Uh, I'll choose this guy. Yes. Yeah. This they, they this competition they they do every two years. So I was one of the I guess eight scripts. Who, um, the, the competition was they take these scripts and then they they mentor them uh, for a month, and then during this process they they hire actors to sort of um, realize the scripts 
um, and they each week they you know like they they remove a script. So nice. I didn't make it to the final, but at least I I made it through uh, enough to uh, to get a lot of experience with that. And it that was my first actually no, it wasn't the first experience of my actual script being. Uh, performed because I've done that university, but obviously this is the BBC, so yes, <laughs> this felt legit. Yes, and I'm actually fi- hi- hiring professional actors to tell uh, a personal story of mine. Actually, it's uh, uh, it's 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 about a sacrifice of um, that we don't realize our parents have made. Um, so it's the untold story of uh, of a parent's sacrifice and uh, the kid growing up discovering about it. Yeah, right. And are these are these available to be you know, streamed online or no, but actually the um, the the short film is I think uh, okay. I think it's called See What I Say because it's um, a deaf girl and she can only sign language. Although like there's definitely no research involved. We did not study British sign language right. to that. She just <laughs> she just like made up some sign language. But at least the music is good. So if if people are searching for it, they can type Ivan Matsumoto. They'll find a bunch of my YouTube stuff. Right. Um, and one of the, uh, the the films that I put on is See What I Say, but also the musicals online as well. So they could type Ivan Matsumoto, some of the musical. Right. And it also says here that uh, you said before that you were playing uh, the guitar, but it also says that you're also a very accomplished uh, piano player. I can play the piano. I can mm-hmm. only, I, know, I play the guitar, but I can, the caveat is I can only play my songs. Right. Like I haven't studied how to play Jason Mraz. Right. <laughs> so on a on a karaoke sing song, I'll oh, play this. No, I can't. <laughs> but but again, um, is it? You know, you said that you could. You worked out how to play guitar by yourself. So yeah. I've taught. Are you doing that with piano as well? Or uh, you know? I've been given piano lessons since I was a kid. I should be better. I just don't practice. Right. But um, I guess one of my frustrations as a kid was I wasn't given the education of a musical theory. Mm-hmm. So I thought I was disadvantaged. I couldn't go. To the school that I wanted to go, which is either my mom wanted me to go to Berkeley because she knew that I like music, mm. um, because that's where my stepdad went to. Right. Um, and I didn't. I wasn't convinced that I was good enough for the Royal Academy of Music, um, so I chose writing instead. I guess one of my inspirations for understanding that you don't have to have musical theory to be a musician is a composer called Dave Brubeck. Uh, he's the he's infamous for infamous, he's famous for uh, composing songs with weird time signatures. Have you heard of uh, like uh, his song uh, Take Five, which is in five four, mm. and he has a song called On Square Dance, which is in seven eight. Right. But the melody itself sounds like it's not odd. It's uh it's very memorable. So yeah. that's what I like. And he he can't read sign music. He can't read music. Wow. Everything just comes from just like feeling it, and I guess I don't do that with playing the piano, but I definitely do that with composition. I I have a software, and I just play around with the notes. And um, a lot of the, uh, my other composer um, partner, he doesn't know how to work um, with manuscripts. He, he only knows like logic and you know the uh, how how most people um, uh, compose music through just like touching the MIDI. <laughs> Yeah, but I do it the other way around, and um, I think I get a lot of people are impressed that I, I know how to arrange music like that. I always um, like to challenge myself, and I say that I can I can create a song for you in two hours. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that's all I need. I I love that as well. I'm I'm the same. I I can't read I can't read music. I'm the same. I've written 
you know, 50, 60 songs mm. just by, uh, okay, just playing something and, oh, that's good. Yeah. Okay, or, you know, I hear something and go, oh, you know, I'm going to try and work it out. It, even, even with other people's music, I, I'm able to just, like, hear it and go, okay, I'll work it out eventually. So, uh, But I think that's really cool, like, uh, being able to do that and to be able to adapt Everyone has a different way of doing it. Some, some have been trained, you know. And speaking of, of, of casting, who have you casted that's a bit of a, a, bit of a celebs? Uh, fans are always interested to hear about some of the people that you've met. So, you know, can you tell us anybody that you've met? Uh, okay, in my, there's no celebrities in the musical, but in, in my life... I've uh, obviously worked in the Bourne Legacy movie. So um, there's Jeremy Renner, um, who I've met many times. And I, uh, well, he doesn't know me personally, but I've been in the same karaoke places he has. Right. So, and uh, if anyone wants to know, his go-to song is Creep. <laughs> That's cool. He sings it really well. Um, yeah, right. And I've, I saw Rachel Weisz on set. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I remember once... Um, that I was doing paperwork and photocopying and I had a scan passport of Rachel Craig and I'm like, who is Rachel Craig? Oh my God. And I only <laughs> made a clue that uh, I, I only put together that she was married to Daniel Craig. And then uh, I remember in, um, at that time, um, the Philippines went on the uh, a frenzy because uh, Daniel Craig was spotted at the airport and she, he obviously came to visit uh, his wife. Right. Uh, in passing, um, in, in London, you meet a lot of uh, celebrities. Yes. Um, uh, I saw Nicolas Cage. Um, uh, I, th- I guess he was my first signature. He, he came out uh, of the place where everyone um, um, knew that he would be. And he, I was trying to uh, get him to sign my book. Um, and then he went past. And I'm like, no, please come back. And he went back to sign my book. And he looked me in the eye and he gave it back. Because uh, I knew that I needed to get his autograph because that's my mom's favorite celebrity. Right. Been in so many good movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, that's, that's, that's great. And did you say that you actually went to Hollywood? No, I, uh, it was just um, an outsource Hollywood project. Okay. So it, the, the filming was done in Manila. Right. Um, so I've never actually, well, physically I have been because I lived in LA. Right. When was there discussions for you to move to Shanghai? And, and the, what were the reasons behind coming to Shanghai? I mean, mm. tell us a bit about it. I knew that I wanted to travel, as, as did many teachers I imagined. Mm. And I had three options, like Japan, Korea, or China. Right. Um, and I guess the short answer is that I, China got to me back first. Right. And it was the easiest to, to get to. But I, I knew specifically, they asked me which cities you wanted to go to. And, and I said, Shanghai. Shanghai right. or nowhere else. Right. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm glad because I think the, um, the opportunities here have been amazing. Yeah, I agree. And I don't know, I, I've, I've been to Tokyo and I just felt it was chaotic. Like, how, how do people meet? <laughs> um, and I don't know anything about Seoul. But I just know that in, in Shanghai, it's uh, you run into people uh, very uh, serendipitously, mm-hmm. and everyone knows each other. It's it's instead of six degrees, it's three degrees. Yeah. Of separation. 
Yeah, and, and you know what? Like, it's the biggest populated city in the world, but the foreign community and then, like, the music community, it just gets smaller and smaller, and you seem to be running into the, the same people. I, I, I agree. I think uh, the opportunities here in Shanghai are endless, and if you're prepared to put in the hard work, then, you know... I don't, I don't think anywhere else would... Um you can uh, go up to businesses and if you request for their help, they're willing to help you. Mm. Like if, if I try to do this project in uh, London, they'll be like, how much money? <laughs> Whereas like I approach Chef and Bees and I tell them doing a musical, I need your help to uh, donate sponsor prizes. And mm. They'll be like, how much? 500? Wow. Yeah, right. <laughs> wow. I think one of the best prizes I managed to get was like a, a one night hotel stay that was worth like 1,800 or like um, like a, this, this hair stylist that normally charges 3,000 for a haircut but she gave me three yeah right <laughs> <laughs> wow see and very nice people as well so so it says here that you come to Shanghai in 2016 yeah so your first impressions, you know, Shanghai were pretty... Was it was it easy for you to, 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 to move here straight away? Or did you find it difficult, you know, to sort of fit in? So, moving is no problem. Yeah. Um, the, the company that brought me here uh, helped me to onboard. Very great. I just remember my first two years wasn't great, uh, social-wise. Um, Why is that? Uh, I always found that um, in life, uh, everyone's in search of three things, and you need all three to be fulfilled. That's um, friends, work, and love. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I, I didn't have all three. Or if I had the, if I got one, then one would lose, or something like that. And um, and then I actually left Shanghai and uh, for two years, and then I came back, and with a new purpose. And that was doing his musical. Right. Um, yeah, and that was my focus for now is to, to work on on building something here that I can take back to England. Mm -hmm. um, our plan is to create these stories, workshop them uh, in the op with the opportunities that are available and uh, bring it to England when we're ready. Right. Yeah. So in terms of getting it, together how long how long did it take you to do that because uh, let's talk about it so someone someone the musical how long did that take you to get all together like shanghai musicians tell us about how that all come about because i i don't think it would be like a like an overnight sort of thing so, so that's the thing like it, it did feel like everything just came all together hmm. and i guess that's one of the um the things that people are surprised when they, see, when they saw the musical, especially the, the last one in March, mm -hmm. they were very impressed to see live music with acting and choreography and costumes and a cast of 40 people, yeah. including musicians and all of the people working backstage. So do you, do you have like uh, casting? Do you have like, how, how do you find, where do you find the musicians? Tell, tell us about that. With cast, I, um, it's the, the communities are easy to reach. There are theatre groups. Mm -hmm. I cast them through there. So There's, you're like scouting them or do you, it's they like come word for of auditions. mouth? Yeah. Right, okay. Um, on the additions, we had over 20 people 
trying to, to get a part. And I discovered people by going out to chair club and stuff like that. That's how I found my lead. Mm. And with the music, um, that's, that, that was the most challenging as well. It's, it's, it's more challenging now because um, so many musicians have left. And uh, with music, all the, all the musicians, um, the ones who are willing to do it for free uh, are very few. And so many people are like in three and four bands. So uh, we found, the last time we found uh, a really dedicated group. Um, it was like a six person band. Mm -hmm. Working with the Pearl was also with Grant. Uh, he was very generous because um, he allowed us to use the, uh, the space because he really believed in um, the arts. So, sorry to stop you there, but like I interviewed Grant a couple of months ago and it just seems to be like everyone that I seem to be interviewing, it all comes back to Mr. Grant O. <laughs> right. And for, for my band, uh, Full Throttle as well, he's been such a great supporter and, and he's just he's such a lovely guy. And uh, yeah, so, so continue, continue about uh, Grant. I mean, yeah. I mean, we've performed at the Pearl four times and he, we're the only live musical band that he's got um, showing at the Pearl. So I'm, 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 uh, I'm grateful that um, he has been a supporter of it. Yeah. So was it very, was it hard to convince Grant? I, I thought I had to do a lot of convincing. I remember he introduced me to a lot of people first. And then uh, when those people didn't really work out, like he says, well, you could do it at the Pearl. Um, and this is the negotiation that we agreed upon. And yeah, and I mean, like, I just ask him, we need to use the Pearl for rehearsal. And then they'll be like, when? So that's just, that's, it's, it's, that's how easy our communication is. I can't think of any other theater spaces in, in Shanghai uh, that would grant us this, uh, this kind of venue. Mm. And yeah. it's, it's always really special. So, so let's talk about this. Let's go a little bit in depth. So uh, someone, the musical, uh, the third one was in uh, March, you said. Mm -hmm. So let, let's go through the cast and let's talk a little bit about Drew's story. B a bit of chronological order. Mm. I mean, what someone is, it's a... Uh, it's a, a story of people and how I envisioned it. The very first show back in 2020, January, was um, three people meet at a bar. They each tell their story that got them there, uh, whether it be something that they did in the past or uh, a failed relationship. Uh, and they each were yearning to be someone or be with someone. And from that, we decided to explore that more. Uh, tell each story individually as it's its own play because ultimately I hope to condense it all together. So we worked on Hannah's story which is about a um, uh, Midwestern girl from the um, countryside and she moves to the city to discover her sexuality. Uh, we told half of the story because that's, the, that's the, the time that we had to tell. And then we really wanted to do a full complete story. And so that was Drew's story. And that was like a two hour show that initially the first script would have been four hours. Uh, so we decided to split it. We're gonna tell part one, which takes place um, in the early 2000s. And it's about a rock star choosing between fame and family. Um, mm. And we've seen this kind of um, story before in, in, in movies, but um, what's different about someone is that it's supposed to be uh, contemporary allegories of our lives uh, told through a musical. 
and uh, I hope uh, I hope to touch on themes that sort of uh, relate to every generation because yes. it's supposed to be timeless and the fact that this um, this story of uh, someone wanting to um, rise to fame and in in part two in Lauren's story Lauren also goes through the same journey and he's fearful that she's going to uh, uh, have the same fate as him. Yes. Um, so it's this pattern of um, repetition that happens in every generation that makes someone kind of like a timeless contemporary show. Um, and everyone that sees it, um, I hope that it's for everyone. Because I, I remember when we invited our friends that we had different communities all watching it. There was the queer community, the expat family community, mm-hmm writers, dancers, artists, choreographers, all of these people came to support the cast who are comprised, this diverse cast. There was, I guess, more than 10 nationalities. Wow. All male, female, um, uh, different sexualities, uh, different ages. I Mm -hmm. think the oldest was over 60 um, um, in one show Um, and as young as 18. And it was, um, it felt like a family especially going through the process of COVID and the time during 2000s, uh, they all came together because they were looking for something, uh, a purpose. And that was to, um, to tell this story as a uh, passion, pro- as a joint passion project, because that's how we saw it as. It's a joint collaborative passion project where I started the script. I gave it to a director to uh, input her vision to a choreographer who worked out um, the, the movements and uh, the my composer to um, to realize it through the band and the actors' interpretations. And I created characters based on the people who worked on the project. So I would gender swap. Right. I would uh, make that person, uh, a person's ethnicity, the character's ethnicity. That's really, it's really, really cool. So with the with the characters as well, and it says here that uh, you also you wrote twenty songs uh, for that show. For that show, for just that show. Yeah. So is that like a standard now for your for your show? You're writing twenty original pieces between ten to twenty for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that show was two hours and something, so that that definitely demanded a lot of songs. Yes. Uh, they weren't like all twenty song songs. Some of them were instrumentals themes um, but the band still had to to um, to rehearse them and I'm just so glad that um, we managed to pull it off in three months who is the band the band's comprised uh, I mean do I mention their names go um, for it yeah absolutely uh, yeah the uh, of Drew's cast they there was uh, Iñaki from Spain another guy from Spain called uh, Pablo um, a British guy Max American uh, Jack Donovan um, Come on. <laughs> uh, and a South African guy called Keegan and another American called Mike. And also, like, um, uh, he played a, f- a couple songs because he helped uh, write them. Uh, this guy, American guy called Josh. Mm-hmm. Um, but now in this new band, like, we're adding in a trumpet, uh, a violin, wow. saxophone. And that's the real good thing. Sorry to, sorry to cut you off there, but um, that's what I really like, especially in, in Shanghai, where... You know, you have all these people from all different countries that are coming uh, to Shanghai to live and they want to play music and they have all these different backgrounds and different styles of music forming bands 
uh, and all coming together to create this mishmash of just all different style. I think it's really, really cool and it's really, really uh, fresh for, for the music scene. And, and I'm sure you are the same, mm. being able to have all these different like musicians from overseas, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I also saw uh, one of my good buddies who I'm playing music with as well, Zach Hefner. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us, he's part of the... Because I remember we had a practice and it's like, I've got to go, I've got to go, I've got to go rehearse. <laughs> uh, he's actually... Uh, we rechanged re- the cast, actually. So because this is true story uh, set... Uh, sorry, this is Lauren's story, which takes place in 2025. Uh, so we, we required a, a Jew that was uh, older. Because Zach does not look like he's 40. <laughs> yeah, that's true, right. But he, was he in the third? Was he in the third one? He was in Drew's story. Yes. Drew's story. Right. So, um, right, right. I saw him um, gigging at the chair club. Uh, I saw him. I thought like that's a guy who who commands the stage and like he he um, walked by me and I, I knew that I, I needed to get his contact and I told him hey like I really liked your um, your song are you interested in being a musical and actually he said that yeah I, I actually played in Rent and I thought well, that's a good sign because Rent was one of the inspirations that I had for the music. So I knew that he, he'd be a good fit. Right. That's, that's really, really cool. And when, when do you plan to do the fourth, the fourth one, a Lawrence story? Uh, end of September, we're, we're thinking. Um, it's going to be on a weekend. This one will be shorter. It, uh, the reason why is because it's just like uh, we're going bigger, so we need more time uh, to work on that. There's going to be drags, more choreography, uh, more complicated music um, right. yeah but uh, it's the story is about um, a young girl who is the, the daughter of a famous rock star and how does she navigate her own life to be her own self uh, being in the shadow of someone famous but at the same time like her talent seems to catch the attention of the world that's uh, it's like the three One's the fourth one. It's really interesting because it, it relates to a lot of people. Like you, you can have like the, you know, your father's, and it doesn't even have to be music. It can be, you know, professional sports, and then it's it's really really I really really like the ideas. You're doing a great job. So, besides this, I mean, this takes up a lot of your time, but. You know, what are you doing outside of this? Do you have other passion projects that you're, you're doing? I do see uh, the elevator pitch. Yeah. Um, Tell us about I, that. I work with um, uh, Rotary Clubs, um, like Shanghai Rotary Club. Uh, they are a philanthropic organization that's global. And there's one club uh, that I'm involved with, and, and they need to... Um, they want to bring creatives together and so my role is to create an event that would get creatives together and that particular event focused on introducing a public speaker a storyteller to Mm. share her um, experience of telling stories through an elevator pitch Um, but it's not your typical our format is not your typical come to the networking event sit down drink your glass of wine and just listen Mm-hmm. Um, the focus is active participation. 
Yeah. We give you a skill, you share the skills, you do the skill. And so we're working on future ones with the Rotary Club. Right. So it all involves different mediums. We've done music collaboration, we've done improv collaboration. Right. And do you have any other um, involvements that you have outside of doing these main projects? That pretty yeah. much takes up a lot of your time, right? It, it feels like having three jobs. <laughs> So yeah, I'm always working in the weekend. Um, there's always different co- smaller collaborations, whether it be jamming with musicians or helping them with you know, business ideas. Because right. I guess a lot of people come to me because they don't know how, where to start. Like they see me having accomplished all these things in a, in a year and a half and like, where do you <laughs> even begin? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it all comes from, like I have to pay, it's, it, I didn't um, start this through just me it it was all through the support of community and I can't stress it enough that you gotta build bridges with different people because you never know like someone you'll meet in Shanghai will know someone that you need um, whether it be finding job opportunities because the community is great at helping people um, get another job mm. or like dealing with obstacles in, in life yeah it's, it's just uh, it's very well connected and um it's a great support system out there. If you, if you if you just have to learn how to ask for help, right. and help will you will receive help. What do your parents think of your chosen occupation? I guess they're proud. Uh, I'm sad that they're they're not here to to see it. Uh, so that's why I post stuff online right. so that they can still follow it. I'm grateful for them having given me the opportunity. To see the world as well as I, I remember being independent from a very young age yeah. like I started living on my own since I was 17. Now on a personal level are you married do you have children? No so I'm still here um, single and I guess people ask when are you gonna find your someone and I'm like I don't know I, I have you guys already like I've already I've had relationships but um, I think it's just important to live your own life yes. rather than live for someone else. Because yes. that's, I guess, what, what I'm concerned and, and, and worried is that you meet someone, but they might not go in the same direction as you. Yes. And you'll only attract the right person if they fit in your own life. So you've got to work on yourself first. Yeah, I totally agree. And tell me, how has the Chinese community reacted to this? I mean, you said you get a lot of support from the you know, businesses and, and uh, the community, but how, how do they react to, to these musicals? Are, they, are you getting a good response from the Chinese community or is it more the, the foreign people living here? 50-50. The ones who can understand English are obviously are, uh, they're the, the ones that support and I guess they're they're really in awe of um, finding opportunities like this, and I'm making it accessible for them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely there's definitely a lot of Chinese fans. Um, they're good friends of uh, the cast, um, and there's a lot of Chinese members in the group, and I've given them opportunities to be leading roles. Mm. Um, That's great. And even though like. I know, like your husband, if you're African-American and your husband is Chinese and you have a Caucasian daughter, that's what we had one time in our first show, like the audience still accepted that because I guess um, 
well, we don't have the luxury to, to find the correct casting. And even if we did, like, we always try to find the right person. And we pick the people who want to do it rather than who are capable of doing it. Because right. if they're working in a freelance spaces, like, we don't want to uh, invest a lot of energy into someone who's just, just fulfilling the role but not really becoming the role. Right, yes. So... You were saying before, like, it's only in Shanghai at the moment, but it's, it's something that you want to do in the future to take this, to, like, to different cities in China and, and if, like, like, other countries? I haven't made plans to take it across China. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. guessing I just want to see how long I can do it in Shanghai. Yes. And then whether I can take it back to, to England. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I'm not very familiar with um, the Chinese market to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... I guess until uh, when uh, things get better in the, in England or in America, because um, right now they're still recovering. Or Australia, come on, don't, Australia? don't leave Australia out, come on. Sure. Yeah. Help us. <laughs> take it, take this, it is what, this is what it's here for. I mean, like yeah. those Australian um, uh, listeners that are listening, like if you're uh, interested in, uh, in becoming fans, like, yeah, follow us on, on Facebook and Instagram, Someone the Musical. Uh, get the attention out there and yeah I'd, lo- I'd love to I mean one um, I, um, I know that Melbourne is such a um, artistic city and that's actually very. one place that I would love to live mm-hmm. I think it would fit in very well uh, with, with what you're doing yeah but don't leave Sydney huh? come on okay <laughs> <laughs> very very artistic as well very artistic but yeah you, you are right Melbourne is would be the place to be so I want to ask some cliche questions sure. but but uh, I think they're important so tell me uh, what, what advice would you get, give to someone that wants to do something like you like you said you get like, people coming up to you asking for advice you know on your projects that you've done very quickly and successfully so what advice do you give to a young person you know that wants to do it following your footsteps specifically for music I've had someone approach me she says that um, uh, it's kind of funny that she got my attention because she says I want to come out as you will uh, to explore being a composer mm-hmm. um, and I, t- I invited her to um, I, I will invite her to come just to observe and I guess it's you you got to meet the right people you got to explore connection connect uh, mm-hmm. figure out who you want to work with uh, and then do it there is no secret recipe of, uh, of following in my footsteps it's just damn luck mm. um, and opportunities and just I guess the um, many times I wanted to give up honestly yes. but the, the show's uh, tagline is don't hold back great great advice and I think it goes for a lot of, lot of uh, entertainment uh, jobs and is that you just, yeah, don't give up. <laughs> Keep trying. Make phone calls. Go on cheese shows. Talk to people. Yeah, uh, that, that's great mm. advice. But not just don't give up, but like don't hold back, meaning don't hold the person that you are. I think be- becoming authentic is very important because if you're trying to be someone that you're not, like you're only attracting the wrong things. Yes. And... I guess that's the what right, the whole, yeah that's right what the whole show is about being authentic. Yeah, absolutely. And tell us, you know, what what is the plans 
What's the plans for the future? This, the musical is, is to, there's still one story that I want to tell. It's a very personal. It's, um, in, in it, so the three characters that I had in mind were Hannah, Drew, and Logan. Mm-hmm. And Logan is a, a story that I want to write and direct and compose for. Like, I've been learning from different um, composers and directors and writers and I've always been like the producer. Like I've created this, the, the materials for them to expand, to expand their work. But um, this project particularly is personal, and mm-hmm. I think it's going to be, it, it's 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 going to relate to so many people now, because yes. the story is about a love relationship that happens before COVID and after. Right. And the, the theme is embrace, like you know, embraces two meanings: hugging someone, but also not holding back. Um, and in a world after where so many people feel closed off, how do yes. you connect? Yeah, it's so true. But you know, relationships have been broken because of the COVID, not being able to travel. You know, you want to be with some, you know, people that you love, family members. It's so relatable. And so you know, I hope that that all sort of works out. Let's talk about your social medias. What's coming up? Uh, anything you want to promote? Yeah, right now we're just focusing on the uh, the drag dinner, um, the happening on August twenty eighth uh, at Hunt, and the show end of September, uh, tentative date at the Pearl. And right now our uh, social media channels are uh, someone the musical on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, people can um, follow me and search me on uh, on WeChat. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we, we have an official account called Someone the Musical, Musical. too. Yes. Uh, but I don't know if I should give my WeChat contact for anyone that wants to reach out to me. That's up some... to you. That's up to you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 can share that. We can share that a bit later. And uh, you know, even if you do share it, uh, you've got to approve the person first before. You... <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, that's great. All right. Thanks. So, uh, before we finish, I always, just to get you to know you a little bit better and you can relax now uh, and it's still going to be about you, I, I want to know your top four or five things just... All right. Are you ready, Ivan? Uh, let's go. <laughs> okay. So, uh, music's been part of your life. Tell me uh, your top three uh, favorite uh, musicians as of today three or four musicians as of today. Uh, number one sleeping at last uh, big motivation for me it's uh, it's one guy from Seattle composes a lot of music that you would recognize from Grey's Anatomy right I mean this is a childhood uh, uh, favorite rock band but Muse like I I actually had an idea to make a Muse the musical Using really songs to tell a, a sci-fi punk show oh, pitch that to Grant that is <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, and the uh, third one. Um, uh, I mean, like, sure. I mean, Coldplay. Mm. Safe, safe choice. Nice one. All right. Your three or four top favorite albums. I really love a lot of Muse albums, honestly. Um, maybe a super massive black hole. Maybe I'll choose. Um, my mom's favorite album, which is um, Jagged Little Pill. Alanis oh, Morissette. I just saw a Alanis Morissette cover band. We played with an Alanis Morissette cover band. They were all Chinese. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> um, and, I don't know, again, uh, one Coldplay album I like was Parachute. Mm. 
Good choice, good choice. All right, switching topics. Tell me uh, your two, uh, two or three favorite sporting teams. Uh, I don't follow sports often. I, I only like martial arts. <laughs> Tell um, us about that. I mean, I did Taekwondo, so I'm a black belt. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, in terms of watching the Olympics, it's just like whatever looks interesting. Spe- you mm. know, uh, I like diving, so it's, it's quite impressive. Um, but um, I guess like uh, if I if I were to support my dad, uh, he's uh, he has two favorite teams as Manchester United and Barnsley. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. And uh, cuisines. Food cuisines. What are, what are your top three or four favorite cuisines? Yeah, I know the answer is that. Um, I can't live without three cuisines. It's Mexican, Italian, and Japanese. Oh, very, very similar. <laughs> <laughs> what about Chinese? Uh, it doesn't make the top three, but uh, mm. when if it's Chinese, it's um, uh, Cantonese. Oh, That's the one that we know, yes. right? It's like we, we don't thing. know what Xiaolongbao was when, uh, when we went to a Chinese <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that Cantonese breakfast... That just does not stop. It's just like, <laughs> you finish one, they put a plate there. You finish one, mm. stop! <laughs> yeah, my go-to is sweet and sour pork and uh, lemon chicken. Ah, oh, me too! Tang Chu Li Ji. Another Chinese one. Yeah, it's my favorite. And uh, tell us about uh, three or four places that you've visited, mm-hmm. best, favorite, and two or three that you want to visit in the future. This, a, lot, a lot of my favorite places are in Italy. Right. So I'll just say like the top three Italian cities that people should go to. Mm. Uh, Cinque Terre, which is um, a, a seaside town where all the, co- uh, all the houses are different colors. One of my favorite Italian cities because it's, it's a fortress, a circular fortress uh, called Siena. Yes. And it looks like you're stepping back in time. And I really like Ischia. I spent mm. one month there uh, living and, and teaching. Um, and the reason why people don't know this is because people know Capri. So right. the rich people go to Capri, the, the, the tourists, and the Italians go to Ischia. So it's less crowded, but the same beauty. Right. And there's a, there's a family there. Every time I, I would go there, I have a house. All right. That's cool. And places that you want to visit in the future? Yeah. After um, pandemic? I guess, like, I have never been to New York. Mm. So I definitely want to visit New York. But sure, Bustling. let's uh, let's visit Sydney. I've never been to Australia. Yeah, when, when I was living in, um, in England uh, from 17, the reason why I continued to stay there was to finish my studies. But my family buggered off to, uh, to New Zealand. Oh. So I never got to vis- visit New Zealand. So let's put Auckland there. Oh, if, if you're going to Sydney, if you're going that far, you may as well get, <laughs> keep going to New Zealand. <laughs> that's, that's, that's really cool. You're an English uh, t- teacher, mm-hmm. British English or American English? British English. British, right. But I, I, I hear a little... Uh, because American being, Yeah, because you got the, you lived in the Philippines, right? Yeah. So they teach the Brit- American, right? Yeah. Uh, interesting. I still say tomato. <laughs> That's how it should be. So you got the little kid, little kids. They go tomato on this or, or banana. I was like, no, it's banana. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who is your greatest inspiration slash hero? 
Uh, well, I'm not going to be a cop-out by saying, oh, my mom, no. <laughs> so your mom? Okay. Uh, no, I mean, like, um, obviously family is um, important, but um, to give some insight into who I want to aspire to be, I mean, I, um, there's a guy called Jonathan Larson who, who did Rent, and one tragic story about him is that um, he was working on this musical for a lot of years, and then on the day of the show, he died. Wow. So I don't particularly want to follow in, uh, in those <laughs> footsteps, but definitely that's one um, person that definitely relates to, to a lot of my life because mm. how he composes, he's like, he's, he's giving um, uh, voicemails to people, like, what do you think of that song? Or like, um, and I see that. And in fact, they're gonna make a movie uh, of his life um, directed by, um, the guy from, who wrote um, Hamilton, um, and it's starring uh, Andrew Garfield, and mm. it's called Tick Tick Boom. Right. That's one movie I'm looking forward to see. Wow, that's really cool. Um, well, I'll just I'll just name him as my as my answer. Okay, I think that's a good way to finish it off. <laughs> Ivan, uh, amazing, talented composer, uh, musician. I can't wait to come and watch uh, you perform and see your show. Thank you, Greg. Good luck for the future. Make sure that when you when you do more shows, you come back on and you give us an update on what you've been doing. Sure. I'll. I mean, if you if if you'd like, I can invite another person and we can have uh, another input. Love to. Thank Thanks you, very much, Ivan. Have a good Love day, everyone. Hi, I'm Tony Fair, founder of Victorian Grooming Company. Is your beard feeling dry or the skin underneath itchy? Maybe you'd rather soften and tame your beard instead. Our classic collection of beard oils, balms, and soaps will leave your beard looking, feeling, and smelling amazing. And if you prefer shaving, our pre-shave oils and shave soaps will give you a smooth and razor-burn-free shave. Handmade in Edmonton with natural ingredients, visit victoriangrooming.com.